Hey everybody, welcome back to part two of our Breeders' Cup coverage for 2023. We are now going to sit down. We're going to hash out Saturday. It is wall-to-wall, almost wall-to-wall, just graded stakes. Grade two, grade ones, except for that loan allowance. That's, what is it, like a billion? Is that 100,000? I almost saw it a million. I'm like, well, that wouldn't surprise me. Uh, yeah, <laughs> a, the last race of the day is, a, is an allowance. Um, and then you've got... Yeah, stakes all on the undercard, and then yep. the, the Breeders' Cup races start with race three yep. with the Breeders' Cup mile. That that will be at two thirty p.m. Yep. Eastern. And it's always a good day. Speaking especially of of how much on a tear his his half brother has been on, but you know we have we have Stage Raider, and for those of you who don't know, this is the half brother to Triple Crown winner Justify, and you know he didn't you know get that that brilliant spark streak whatever you want to call it that maybe justified did but he's a good racehorse in his own in his own right he's tough as they come and he's been you know he's been contesting and he's been on the improve and he's been getting better and he's definitely you know since the summer where he kind of dipped and just had a very lackluster performance he seems like he's kind of turned it back around he posted a 97 buyer behind Zozos um, in the grade three ACAC in, in 96 when he won the Ellis Park Stakes. And, you know, he's, it feels to me like he's just, he's just improving. And at the end of the day though, and we all know that this is where it's going to be because Zozos is also back in this field, but I'm going to be hard pressed to choose anybody other than Cody's wish. Like he's back in his element. He's, you know, this is what he wants to do. And that's fine. You know, not every son a son of curling out of a tappet mare wants to be a classic distance horse um but Especially this is when you have one that runs seven or eight furlongs as well as this one. Oh, oh yeah i you mean it... and it's not that he runs bad at you know at classic distances he's oh, just yeah. better at running a mile oh yeah and <laughs> you know and and this is what he wants to do and this is he you know this is going to be his his career finale here and i'm just i'm i'm really excited i'm really hoping that Cody's wish gets to just bow out and go out a winner. And, you know, I will be very happy if we can. Absolutely. That's something we can do here. So. Yeah, I think so. And, yeah, and really, we, we, we would be remiss if, if we um, didn't mention that th this race is marred somewhat by the, yeah. the cardiac arrest death of Practical Move. Uh, yep. It happened uh, earlier this week. I guess that was, what was that, Monday or Tuesday? Was it today? It... Anyway. I think it, I think Never it was, was. Uh, all, yesterday. Everything runs together. Yesterday. Yeah. So, uh, uh, so uh, you know, he was trained by a uh, Baffert's Derby placeholder and former assistant Tim Yakteen, and uh, you know, three really promising three-year-old, uh, and just uh, just apparently had a heart attack after training uh, yesterday. So, yep. um, that will get a large portion of the coverage, I feel sure, but yeah. hopefully, it does not take away from Cody's wish because. Yep. Uh, as you said, I mean, I, I think of he, he's got to be about the most popular racehorse in North America right now. Uh, anybody that follows racing at all um, knows knows the story and knows about him and 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 what he and who he's running for. And um, you, know, you got great connections in Belmont, Junior Alvarado again, and owned by Godolphin, and and Godolphin has. Um, uh, you know, has been so generous uh, with this with this horse, um, and it's just uh, I, I you know 
my goodness, 15 starts, 10 wins, one place and four for four shows. I mean, 15 for 15 yep. in the money. Uh, that's just remarkable. He's won almost $3 million. And um, I, I'm with you. I, I, I want to see him go out. I want to see him go out on top. And I think that he's going to have uh, a great opportunity to do that. Um, I think uh, for me, uh, I've got um, Algiers, Chargent, and as the aforementioned stage rider underneath. Uh, I'm not sure how I'm going to uh, play all that just yet, but um, more than likely Cody's wish on top with with some combination of, of those three underneath him. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't realize, and I noticed, because um, Algiers has been, spent most of his last, I think it last two two racing seasons in the UAE, and um, if if you you know folks don't know, they also have their racing out there. Um, but he's he's interesting to me because he seems like he's the type of horse where he just likes running. He just likes doing his job because he's a winner, you know, going long on the grass in France. But he's also a winner in um, UAD, you know, in UAE and Maidan. He was second in the World Cup. Behind um, Ushba Tesoro, who will be contesting the classic. Um, so this this horse is very interesting to me, and I think you know coming and and he won by six lengths when he cut back to a mile in the El Maktoum Challenge. Um, so he's he's going to be he's he's very interesting, and I think also from like an unknown standpoint because as much of the European racing scene as I as I keep track of, I do not delve very extensively into the UAE aside from like the World Cup nights, and the uh, now the uh, the Saudi Cup. So that's interesting, you know, to me, because he's a bit of an unknown for me. But I'm, frankly, just to kind of, you know, give give the stallion a shout-out, I would like Skippy Longstocking to pull off a shocker, since he's the, uh, the exaggerator in here, and we, you know, we have Hyperbolize, who himself is an exaggerator. I would love to see Skippy Longstocking just wake up one morning... And just decide, you know what? I'm gonna do a shocker and just win because that would be fabulous. I would, you know, I mm, chaos, love it. I, 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 I have that same thought about Skippy Longstocking. Uh, really like, uh, like him a lot. Um, you know, I, I just don't know that he's got the speed he needs. Yeah. To win a mile race. Uh, you know his best running has been the longer be, you know at least a mile and a 16th if not yep. a mile and an eighth and and i i just i just question whether or not he's gonna have the get up and go to to go with, with these other horses um yeah. yeah that 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 was the uh you know love that price uh for a horse like him but i i just that's that's my big fear of him is just that that He's just not, if, you know, if he was, if this is a mile and an eighth or hell, if he was in the classic, I'd even yeah. think about it. Um, but uh, just, I just don't, I don't think he's going to have to get up and go to. Um, well, and, and tactically though, it doesn't look like he needs to have the get up and go. Um, well, I, I think, I think what they might be in, envisioning for him because he won by 10 and a half lengths when he broke his maiden in 2021 at Gulfstream going a mile. And I think that might be kind of what what snuck in there for them, but what's what's interesting for me is like this horse has has you know 
the, the times where he has run at a mile, the closer up he was, actually, kind of the worse off he was, aside from when he broke his maiden on the lead. Right. Um, yeah, I think he's got, I think he's got a good cruising speed uh, that he can, that he can get a mile and an eight. Yeah. Um, and, and he can go out there and, and get, take the lead and, and run, yeah. you know, or, or, or play just off the lead and run really, really well. Um, I, I, again, I, I think if he's up close, if he's going to try to come off the pace in a mile and going to try to beat Cody's wish at his game. Yeah, that's he's not got no shot. No, got no. no shot. Um, he, I think the only chance he's got is if he's to beat the closer to it. Uh, well, he, yeah, he's going to have to be closer and, and, and it's going to have to be a much slower pace than what anybody expects out of this race. Yeah. And that's realistically not going to happen. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I just, I just, I just don't think this. If I, if I'm putting him in a Breeders' Cup race, it's probably not this one. Yeah, I think. That's just me. Well, and I, I think everything was so oversubscribed this year that I think a lot of connections probably got put in their second preference races because of how oversubscribed it is. Like, and that could could very well be. We are because we are. I mean, you know, I know I recognize several where their first preference was something later in the afternoon or something even earlier during the day that they just could not get into. Um, so it's, it's going to be a little wild, I think. So let's mosey over to the, uh, the next race. It's actually going to be on the downhill turf course. That's going to be, that's, that's always an interesting, an interesting affair. The downhill turf course at Santa Anita. Um, but it's the grade one breeders cup Philly and mayor turf. It's race four. It goes at 3.10 p.m. Eastern Time. All of these are Eastern Time. Don't forget that. And it is a mile and a quarter marathon for the Phillies and the Mayors. And I'm going to have to make a complaint here. And I don't <laughs> understand the Breeders' Cup. I don't get it. Why in the hell the Breeders' Cup will not make the the Breeders' Cup Philly and Mayor turf the same damn distance as the males is just, just makes me angry. Yep, I have plenty of plenty of females, and, and the, you know, the, plenty of them. The best turf horse, best turf female in the world for the last two years is Warlike Goddess, and she's got to run against the boys because they insist on running a shorter distance uh, for yep. the girls than they do the boys. And it's infuriating. Uh, women, the female women, female horses, uh, fillies and mares can run just as long and just as far as the colts and, and horses can uh let's let's even it out and make it the same damn distance come on yeah well and a lot of these horses you're you know you're gonna see back in here where it's like mcculloch who beat warlike goddess at a mile and it was a mile and a half a mile and a quarter where is she she was at the mile and a half distance in the glens falls where mcculloch beat her there and mcculloch's in here and for, for the life i mean she's you know 12 for 13 on the board She's had a pretty remarkable career here, and it's like, it, I will forever be amazed that, especially, like, I understand concerns, a little bit, you know, the concerns with, with carting longer races for young horses. I understand the concern. I understand the wear and tear. There is no excuse for this here, where these fillies and these mares have been running for, for a hot minute now. Most of these are been there, done that. They know their jobs. I will never understand why the Philly and the mayor 
race is is uh, like you said I, I why it's shorter like that is like what dis what what difference does it make that they have to start further up on the downhill turf course like you're already there <laughs> like i don't it doesn't matter what track it is they always seem to run a shorter distance yeah. and what was it at keeneland last year was what mile and an eighth yeah that mm. <laughs> it's, it's, i mean it's a joke it, it's an absolute joke and quite frankly, it's insulting to the to the Phillies and Mayors and the owners of the Phillies and Mayors. So enough enough of that. Yeah, let's get let's into go. Let's go. looking at the, the, this race. Ten <laughs> furlongs on the turf. Or we For really me, get canceled here because you're going to yeah. start on something. <laughs> For me, um, this was the toughest of all the Breeders' Cup races for me to handicap. Yep. Um. It, holy hell! There's a lot of good horses in this race. Yeah, and uh, you know, Warmheart probably going to win it, probably much the best. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to try to try to beat her. Uh, I'm going to try to get a better price, and um, and 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 the two that I'm looking at uh, first, and I'm going back to my old Brendan and Tyler yep. combination uh, is Lindy. Uh, yeah, the Lindy works don't fix run it really really well as of late uh, i'm going to be stretching out just a little bit i know uh but she's got that european background to her and has just recently come over uh to brendan and i just um really love that price at 12 to 1 on her i mean that's just juicy juicy um and so i really like i uh, like her um i like Lumiere Rock, mm -hmm. uh, Joseph O'Brien, uh, uh, Philly. Um, she's got the distance. She's been, you know, she is, I just, again, I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking for an angle here, looking for, looking for a price. Mm -hmm. I've been pretty chalky through most of these races and I, I'm, I'm looking at those two, uh, to try to get, uh, try to get something, um, you know, get a little bigger payout. And I know I, I'm asking a lot out of that three-year-old Saxon Warrior uh, filly that's only won twice. Yeah. Uh, but she's uh, she's eight for 11 in the money. Um, and I think she's been running well as of late. She won two back uh, at Cura and then was second just barely, you know, just, I'm sorry, she was third by a, a length and a quarter uh, at Longchamp. Uh, going a mile and a quarter, going the same distance. So our last two races have been at this distance. So that, that's not going to be an issue for her. And just trying to get, uh, again, just trying to get a price. I, I don't, yeah. uh, yeah, I, 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 said, I think, I think the, um, um, where, where uh, the, uh, what's her name? Warm Heart. I think the Warm Heart is, is, is probably the one to beat. Yep. But just, just trying to get, uh, trying to make a little money. I am a little confused as to why an Italian is here. Oh yeah, and the the Philly Mare Turf when it was at Keeneland was a mile and three sixteenth. Um, I'm a little confused why an Italian is here because she's. Yeah. I mean, she's. I think they might be hoping that nobody f reads past performances and see she's never won from anywhere other than being on the lead. But I mean, her best. I mean, yeah, she's she's very classy. I, I'm not saying otherwise, and you know, kind of what we discussed earlier, uh, with, when we did our Friday coverage, a uh, British Cup Friday coverage. You know, you can't discount class, 
and how that helps, how that can carry a horse to the line sometimes. But for me, in Italian, my kind of... And it's weird saying it, but she might be a bit in over her head at a mile and a quarter here where, I mean, she's a Dubawi. So in theory, she, you know, she should be fine, but this is just kind of one of those races where there's going to be so, so many tough horses here. Uh, well, Fevrover is going to be right there with her. You know, yeah. again, I think, I think in Italian and even Fevrover, I think both are, examples of fillies that if if they could get out to a lead on their own and be by themselves yeah they'll disappear uh, from the field easy then then i think that they would be in pretty good shape but i think in italian i think fev rover and um what's the other one and even mcculloch she's going to be pressing you know she's not yeah. going to be sitting very far off of them at all no so there's not going to be any kind of relaxation uh, on the front end um because i you know i looked very i looked very very long time i looked at at uh, in italian and and that's what eventually just threw me off of her i don't think she's going to get any you know for a mile and a quarter she's not going to get breathing she's room. never going to get she's never going to get to take a breath no um you know she can do that at a mile she can do that at a mile and a 16th but she's being asked to do it at a distance she's yeah. never done it before and and i think she's going to be uh, up against it well and as classy as, as she is, I kind of have that same reservation for In Spiral. The Frankel daughter, who's at six, um, you know, she's, she, consistency is is her middle name, and she has group one wins all over the place. But, like, she's she's been, you know, straightaways in a mile, and, like, now you have, like, I mean, and, and we're, we're not just talking about going, you know, turns here, like we did for the juveniles, but, like, now she also has a downhill turf course to contend, where most of these probably didn't have them, um, except for I think. Well, and, and it's kind of and it's kind of three turns, really, because yeah. you're coming out of that, you come, you're starting in the turn on on the the downhill shoot, and really. you have the crossover too, and you got a crossover on the dirt. So, uh, you know, I, I'm with you on her. I, I think she, she, at first glance, you're like, wow, that in spiral looks looks all right, but I think you got a great point. I think she's <laughs> something. She's being asked to do something different. I mean, well, and it's and it's wildly different because you know she's never raced anywhere that's that has any kind of dirt anywhere. And if she gets that kickback in her face, we do have to question of you know we kind of hoo hoo you know mares about you know mares acting like mares, but mares are mares for a reason, <laughs> you know. And it, and you know John Gosden is is an excellent trainer in his own right, and if anyone's gonna have her prepared, it's gonna be him. But you know she's you know that kickback can do a lot for horses who maybe are not so much used to it. And from what I know of turf courses in, in Europe, you know, they're very different from turf courses in America. Even, even, you know, I think Kentucky, we, we talked about it in one of our episodes, Kentucky Downs about as close as you're going to get to European turf course in North America. And, and, you know, and Breeders' Cup's not at Kentucky Downs this year. You know, Santa Anita has its own footing at that downhill turf course and that crossover, like for me, for horses who have never experienced kickback like that before, it might be something of a shocker, you know, and we can't discredit class, but you also can't discredit sometimes the horses have their own minds. And if, if she decides, nope, don't like this, no, well, there's not much Frankie can do <laughs> with her. So, but how do you feel before we swap? How do you feel about, um, Didia, the Argentinian bread mare? Cause she's kind of on a roll, like she's a wind machine. 
but she's yep, also uh, and she's and she's kind of you know she's been running out in Santa Anita and she's been running well and and uh, you know I like a turf one. course for the course for me for yep. for Didi I think absolutely and and she's one that uh, she's not going to be too far off the pace she's going to be kind of close and uh, you know if, if there is a speed duel up front you know she could be one that that definitely could be there to pounce uh, there's yeah. no doubt about it. Well, and she finished ahead of McCauley, and, you know, too. I love, Vic, I love Victor Chaminade. Yeah. Uh, I, think he's, I think he's an underrated uh, rider. And Ignacio Correas, I mean, he, he wins races. Oh, yeah. And, <laughs> you know, he had his, the, um, uh, her name escapes me, but the, uh, the, uh, the Philly, the really, or the, the really good mayor that he had uh, a couple years ago. I completely forgot her name. I'll remember it at a weird time, but. Um, you know, she was, she was fabulous. She had, you know, she was probably one of the most exciting horses that, that America had that year. And, and, you know, so I, I would like to see some of the, the smaller outfits kind of get their day, their day in the sun this year. So. Yep, I, I would, I, I, that one would not surprise me. Uh, no, at all. me either. And, mm-hmm. and, and an isolate to one. Yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, that's, that's plenty. That's plenty good enough. So. Yeah. So let's mosey over to race five. Make sure I'm staying in line here. We don't start jumping around. Confused, Darren. <laughs> I'm too. I'm old and confused. <laughs> we so should. We should reserve. We should, sprint. we should reserve that name with the jockey club. <laughs> old, old and confused. confused. Yes. Uh, surely it has been used before. Well, then we can do young and confused because I was confused <laughs> too. <laughs> so it goes off. Yeah. It's race five, three fifty. It's all again. Reminder: Eastern Time. It's the Philly Mare Sprint, seven furlongs, and we have champions in here. We have Goodnight Olive in here, and you know, I'm I'm pretty sure I think this was the race where Echo Zula was supposed to go in, yep. and um, she unfortunately uh, did sustain a very pretty pretty severe racing injury, and she's on the mend. She's had her surgery. She's recovering. Um, and obviously, you know, her, her career is over and her season's over. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Echo Zulu has seen enough. Uh, Goodnight Olive have, has seen enough of Echo Zulu to last her a lifetime. The one time they saw each other. And um, and I I think, you know, Goodnight Olive, she's been so tough and so consistent. She's never come off the board this year. And I think you know this. This is her. This is her forte, where she ta- They give her. They space out her races. They give her time, and I think, you know, this is going to be what I sus. If 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 we kind of follow the pattern here, I suspect this might be her, her kind of career ender as well for her, most likely. Um, and yeah, uh, I ha- have to think so. Um, you know, she's uh she's five year old mare. You got to figure. You know, she's one. She's a ghost zapper. Six million dollars ghost. Yeah, she, she, they can't ask anything more of her. And, yeah, and her value as a broodmare is, is, is as good as it's ever going to be right now. Yeah, and and I think this race sets up really really well for her, and it just makes it even better that she happens to be the best uh, mare in the race. Um, yeah. you know, I, I looked also at um, uh, Kirsten Bosch. I think it sets up uh, for her as well yeah. potentially. Uh, I, I just don't think she's on the same. She's just not on the same level. Yeah. Uh, as as Goodnight Olive, because uh, I think what you're going to see here, you know, you're going to have society 
uh, is going to be wing dinging on the front end. That's what she does. It's what she does best. There's a Japanese um, horse in here. Uh, the Uguri, Uguri is going to be up there close and pressing. Uh, you know, so yeah, you got another Japanese horse. Um, I, I, I'm not sure. You know, again, I don't really know what. Uh, again, I'm looking at the daily racing form. I don't see uh, really what her running line looks like, but. Um, um, you know, I, I just I just feel like there's going to be plenty of speed early. Uh, there's going to be, you know, maybe not uh, everybody right on the lead, but there's going to be a lot of horses pressing society early. And, and I think it's just going to set up really well for Goodnight Olive and, and potentially Kirsten Bosch uh, to yeah. come from uh, come from behind. So what do you think? I will be very interested to see how Monterea does here because... Godolphin had basically their choice of who they were going to send into this race. Because I think... <clears throat> is she in here? Just let me be sure. No, she's not. So when they had the option of... I don't quite remember. I think it was Caramel Swirl. Yeah, Caramel Swirl. Because that was the, the crazy DQ that happened at, at Sar was it Saratoga, I think, the last weekend or something like that. Whatever the situation was, where the top two finishers all, both got disqualified. And the third place finisher was elevated. Mm -hmm. um, they had the option to, to send Metarea or to send Caramel Swirl. And you know, and, and you know, Godolphin is not pressed for good horses. So the fact that they knew who they would most likely end up seeing and they still, you know, sent her despite the fact that she's, you know, really only won once this year and, she, you know, she's been running consistently. She's, you know, she has, I feel like, a good running style, especially now, you know, later on a little bit where it looks like she's she's kind of come into her own. She's figured out how she wants to, how she wants to run, how she wants to race. Um, you know, and I, I think that third place performance, you know, in the ballerina where Echo Zulu just broke people's hearts. Um, you know, I mean, she picked up a 96. I mean, Echo Zulu yeah, had to have run something in, in, you know, in the hundreds easily because that was a ridiculous race. She went ridiculously fast. So well, I will good be. Night, Olive. Good night, Olive ran second, got a 108. So. Yeah. So, I mean, Echo Zulu was probably in the 110s. She blew that by two and a quarter like she was gone so you know i i think this is definitely going to be you know one of these it, it it's the speed the, the you know the speed's gonna kind of rule here i think because society's gonna definitely make sure we have a pace like this is what society does is go out on the lead set the pace you know she did that in the chicago blew them out of the water by 10 and three quarters and that was a race matarea was in where there really was no I imagine she was alone on the lead because she was two lengths ahead, then six lengths ahead, and then ten and three quarters. So, you know, you know, and society's not going to get that here. So, no, she's. she's I mean, society's. A, she's a nice. I think she's a very nice uh, filly, but she, it's just a different. This is a different class yeah. of animal she's yeah. running against. Yeah. So, yeah. So this is that's probably going to be one of our shortest talks because it's pretty obvious who the uh, who the who the the who class like of classes like, here. So, yeah. So let's roll on to the next one. It's going to be the mile. And this is on the turf. Uh, 4.30 is post time. And 
this always uh, this is the race i thought in in italian would go into but i guess when peter brandt has gina romantica and in italian you can kind of afford to to you know pick and choose here but i honestly thought the gina romantica well, would have set well, up better but real quick though why why in the hell isn't there a phillies and mare smile Turn yeah come on there's four uh, Phillies and Phillies and mares in this race. Why don't we have a Breeders' Cup Philly and Mare Mile turf? It's ridiculous. Hmm. I mean, I can see the thinking behind the the mile just just having it just be one mile because um, the you know of all the Breeders' Cup races, I feel like the Breeders' Cup Mile has the best. Uh, and probably one of the most colorful histories of in terms of like fillies and mares dominating this race. Um, and as evidenced by the fact that Gina Romantica, who's never left the Philly ranks in her career, is now, you know, racing in, in uh, the mile. But, you know, this is, this is definitely going to be one of those races where I am not going to fix what isn't broken. <laughs> And I'm, I'm honestly on Team Casa Creed for this one. I love this old man. Like, he has been around forever. He has been there. He has done that. I love Team Casa, I love Casa Creed. It seems like he's just kind of living his best life right now. He's putting up numbers, you know, that he didn't come. Actually, he's running better numbers now than he did when he was a younger horse. Um, so it's interesting to, to see him kind of bloom in his his you know seven year old season, but like last year in the in the turf sprint when he went to the uh, the uh, Saudi Cup uh, undercard, the the turf sprint, you know he he was a neck short of Songline, and you know Songline is is one of the probably the toughest mares in Japan, and she's here in this race, and. I, between her and Casa Creed, I have a very hard time going back and forth between the two. My, I guess my only reservation is that for Songline, like, and, and you know, the Japanese have a different training style completely from even the Europeans. So I think what gives me pause is this was a very, very, very far plane flight. And, um... You know, when when the last time, you know, she had to fly from Japan to somewhere else, which in this situation was the the um, the turf sprint in in Saudi Arabia this year, she finished 10th way back. Whereas Casa Creed in that race was a head short to Bathurst Leon. Uh, so wait, Songline won that race. Mm, no, this in, tw oh, in yeah, 23. We're looking at 22, oh, okay. 22 oh, okay. she gotcha, won. Gotcha, 23, gotcha, she did not. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. I'm with yeah. you. I'm, yep. I'm tracking now. Yep, yep. Because yeah, her running line is so scattered, like you see it once, you think that's it. <laughs> no, no, in 23, she contested in 23, and um, and she, you know, ran 10th. So this is definitely, you know, my only concern for her is the last time she had to fly that far, she didn't really, you know, take it all that well, and she sat in quarantine. So, uh, you know, for me, it's a little different than just, you know, flying within Japan. Or traveling within Japan and really having to to come and give it her best, and this is the shortest she's ever gone between races. That also includes a flight, and she's you know you can't discount what that what that kind of change in in 
routine can can throw off for a horse. And, you know, on class, she's absolutely here. She absolutely deserves to be here. And I'm not arguing that at all. But, you know, I, I'm just worried kind of how her sparse schedule sets her up for this. Because she's done a lot of traveling. She's got more frequent flyer miles than I do. <laughs> so. so let me ask you what you think about Maj. The uh... the Godolphin uh, that has come over. She ran. Uh, she won uh, the Queen Elizabeth Cup. Oh yeah, yeah, Keeneland yeah. On October fourteenth, so she's on a quick turnaround. Yep. Cutting back from um, a mile and an eighth to a mile. Mm-hmm. Um, Sarur, uh, ben Sarur Saeed is uh, uh, the the trainer. Uh, again, go dolphin. I mean, exceed and excel. My 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 only concern is she's she's three. Hmm. She's going up against a bunch of salty old veteran colts and mares or yep. horses and mares. Yep. But damn, she's good. Oh yeah, I mean, at, at this distance, she won by eight and a half lengths at, at, at a mile in Maidan in the uh, the Phillies Guineas, and um. And even the thousand guineas in Newmarket, she won by half a length behind, you know, ahead of uh, Tahira, who was considered to be one of the best uh, turf um, fillies in in Europe. And you know, Maj Maj actually had a very interesting training schedule. So for I I they didn't quite explain why, but when she trained, they had a different exercise rider on her for when she did her her gate work than when she actually worked so her normal rider got off the gate person got in they did her gate thing and then gate rider gets off and then the exercise rider gets back on which was very curious to me um but i mean, I mean whatever works you know like if it if it's not broken don't fix it yep. but i'm like Again, kind of with with the Europeans, um, I'm less concerned about her having a long year than uh, a lot of traveling because she's she you know stuck around in the early early part of the year in in Maidan, very fruitful early part of the year in Maidan, but at that point she'd been off since September of 22. And then she had a break, and then it was May at Newmarket, and then she had another break, and now it's October. So the turnaround might be something of a concern. But I think if they did not believe that she is getting good, and she's getting good in a hurry, I suspect they would not have entered her if they didn't, if they were bothered by the turnaround. Um, Because that's the only thing I can think of, is that they know she's getting good, they know she feels good, they want to capitalize on her kind of peaking at the end of the year. And, you know, again, this is a great way to, this is Black Friday for a lot of connections. This is a good way to to come out in, 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 in the good for the year. And if she's feeling good and she's feeling great, she's training, you know, the best she has all year, I would not, I'm less worried about a quick turnaround for her than I would be for some of the American horses where they literally are not used to it. Like once a month is, is Bible for a lot of horses. Whereas that's not necessarily the case for the Europeans. Right. So. Yeah, I, it's going to be. Um, yeah. I mean, interesting. Uh, interesting I think race. That, yeah. I, 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 as, as though I was complaining about the Phillies and Mares not having their own race, uh, a division of this, I, 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 they are my picks. Uh, 
quite frankly. So yeah, well, and oh, you know, all right. and we want you know, and, and good luck to our friends Silver Springs. They uh, with Casa Creed, we're we're hoping that they've got something to celebrate here too. So absolutely, that'll be that'll be a very interesting race, and I would love to see Casa Creed kind of you know keep keep get his get another one of those last hurrah things because he he he's been in the breeders cup so much and he always just seems to to come short or just not you know for whatever reason just just not get there for you know whatever happens so i'm i'm really hoping that this is finally his year and he gets his last hurrah because that would be really cool for everybody involved so and it's bill mott and you know bill mott knows how to win a big race (laughs) absolutely absolutely so let's roll over to the distaff. 5.10 p.m. Eastern Time. This is essentially, for a long time, it was called the Ladies Classic, but now it's back to its rightful name. Um, and Smile and Nath, and we have a packed field. Absolutely packed. Top to tough, bottom. Tough, tough race. Wild race. Philly and Mayors are going to save us all. I will die on that yeah, hill. And... <laughs> And you know there, are, there is speed galore in this race, and there's Clarier. Even, <laughs> even even the horses that are, are there's there's a lot of speed, so there's going to be tons up front. Mm-hmm. And then there are a lot that are pressing. So you got Idiomatic, Adair Manor, Search Results, uh, all going to be you know, wingding and for the lead. Randomized is going to be in there in the mix going early. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you've got all that going as you know as hard as they can right out of the gate, going for the speed, going for the lead, and then you got a, a, another pack of them that's going to be a link to two lengths behind. You know, wet paint, for example. Um, um, so you mentioned Clarier. Mm-hmm. You know, she's going to be a little bit further back. Uh, Desert Dawn's going to be right up there pushing the pace. So you've got several of them that are going to be a couple links back. You've got Clarier that's going to be much further back. And then you've got uh, my pick that's going to be a little bit further back. Uh, our winner of uh, the Kentucky Oaks and winner of three of the last four, pretty mischievous. Yep. I think this race, I think it sets up extremely, extremely well for her. Yeah. Um, you know, I, do I think that she is, you know, far and away the best filly uh, uh, in the race? No, I don't. I think there uh, there's some other class in the field that's probably mm-hmm. done, you know, that that's older, more experienced. Uh, but they're in that group that's going to be beating the hell out of each other on the front end. Uh, yeah. You know, again, that's idiomatic, a dare manner, search results. Um, but that also, but it also begets the question of. Do you think Pretty Mischievous could beat Clarier at her own game, where Clarier is is a salty mare, you know, and she's got a turn of foot where when she's on her day, she she can make up lengths in the stretch and win. A- absolutely, and I think you know I'm off her because her last two races have just been, especially her last race was yeah, and that was, was was abysmal. Now, granted, that was on a, a sloppy track. Uh, yeah. which you can you can draw a line through that because she's never been on one uh, i think you know so you know then she finished second to nest uh you know beaten you know fairly handily but you know pretty easy two and a quarter links um so you know can can pretty mischievous beat her at her game i think she can will she i don't know 
Um, but I, I want to give her a shot because mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I like, I like, uh, I, I just think, um, I think she's in a little better form and I think she's got, she's still got room to improve. Mm-hmm. Uh, now maybe she doesn't improve anymore this year and she improves, you know, next year as a four-year-old. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I feel like she's probably much more likely on the upswing Whereas Clarier, uh, nearly six, might be uh, kind of you know beginning to go into the the tail end of her career. Yeah, and and I think Clarier is going to be a little bit probably going to want to be a little bit closer. Uh, so so pretty much just will have to run her down, you know. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. Yep. Well, and I'm I you know me I'm always I'm always one for for the good underdog story. I'm kind of hoping that Desert Dawn gets her dues. Like, isn't that every day you see an Arizona bred that's going second in the Zenyatta and the grade one Clementel Hirsch and it two years in a row, actually, you know, she ran third in the Kentucky Oaks. I am always going to be somebody. If there is an option to blow up the tote board and watch the chaos of people complaining on Twitter, I will take it. And I'm and honest, but in all seriousness, I really do hope that, you know, her owners that have had so much faith in her, like she can't, she's so consistent. She shows up, she tries her heart out. And, you know, the last three times she has seen a dare manner, but she's one of the ones that sits a little closer to the pace. She always punches above her weight, you know, and if like what you said, if a dare manner is out there, you know, skin, skin to the wall, trying to to keep her lead from two others who have the same idea, three others who have the same idea, you know, and Desert Dawn gets first jump on, let's say, the monsters like Pretty Mischievous and Clarier. It would not be the biggest surprise in the world to have her first victory in almost a year come in the Breeders' Cup. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, absolutely. And so. that would be... I am yeah, I am always for the bombs, man. If you can, If you can blow one up, I think it's great. Um, so yeah, that, that would be, that'd be, that'd I, would, be cool. I would not be upset to see that. Uh, yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, so, yeah. So let us roll to the turf course. The one we had a lovely, uh, and the race we had a lovely gripe about <laughs> the grade one breeders cup turf on the downhill going a mile and a half, um, packed and stacked with quality. Japan is in here with a force, you know, they, they came here pretty intent on winning they have a you know a deep impact and the deep impacts kind of this is kind of like the some of the last you know groups the last classes of of his of you know before he passed away and um you know it's you they, i mean you don't win eight million dollars asleep in bed so you know from the rail horse uh i think it's shahirar or shar shah sharar shariar Shariar. Let's go with that. <laughs> oh boy. I apologize to everybody in Japan. We just we butchered that. But we just don't know. Um, but you know, again, you don't you don't win that amount of money laying down. And Japan you know, Japan has some of the best purses in the world, but this horse has been facing the likes of Equinox, who, if you didn't know, basically went to to was it Dubai and almost set a, you know, a, a world record on, on the course in hand. So Equinox, and just recently actually won again in Japan, Equinox did. So, you know, he, he's been facing spectacular horses. He faced their Triple Crown winner in Contrail. Um, 
he faced Euphoria in in so you know this horse has been there done that he's you know he's he's seen a lot he's tough as the days long and you know maybe the Sapporo can end didn't quite work out the way they wanted it to but you know again without running lines and without you know doing extensive amounts of research which we can always do later if people are are desperately interested in that um you know stuff you know stuff happens it is it is what it is um but he's a fresh horse he's got two races this year so it'll be interesting to see kind of how you know how he he takes his first time in america because again you know this might be a turf course he decides he really likes Uh, you know that absolutely could uh could occur um I, I think, you know, you, you've got a couple horses that are definitely going to be on the lead. They, they've, they've gone to the lead in, in these marathon races before, and mm-hmm. they've held on to win. I, I don't, you know, that one of them being Bolshoi. And Bolshoi uh, Ballet did the there, same thing. There, there's, there's going, yeah, so there, there's going to be some speed in the race. Uh, there are several horses that have never gone this distance before. They've been, they're going... Uh, you know, for the first time ever, that they, they they might find themselves out on the lead, not necessarily because they want to be, but because they aren't accustomed to going that sort of pace. Yeah. Uh, that that's going to so they they may just end up out there by default because they're used to running a mile and an eighth, or you know, maybe a mile and a quarter. So they're going a little quicker than than, than maybe would want them to and they find themselves out there so um you know it's definitely going to i I think it has the potential to set up well for for our old nemesis warlike goddess Mm -hmm. uh you know that that outside post certainly doesn't bother me uh in in this type of race no Mm -hmm. um you know but i i just you know she looked she looked really impressive in the bewitched um you know, she she had I, I I don't know what happened to her in the New York Grade One. She just didn't fire. You know, it's not like the pace was just crawling in that race. She just didn't uh, she didn't get her shot. Uh, didn't didn't get to do what she wants wants to do. Then McCulloch yep. beat her in the Glens Falls again. Uh, it was you know it wasn't like it was a super slow pace. Um, yep. So. And I kind of yeah, wonder is she, is she as good as she was last year? I, yeah. I don't know. Well, and I kind That's of kind wonder of... if maybe she just really likes the turf the that course at, at Aqueduct because if you look at her numbers and you, you can't look solely at numbers, never look solely at numbers, you will you will be hurting at the end of the afternoon if you do. But whenever she's won in the tur- whenever she ran the turf classic and it was at the Belmont, the uh, the Aqueduct, because the they're doing the Belmont at um, Aqueduct meet now as they're renovating Belmont. But whenever she's run in that Turf Classic, she has put up her career best numbers, like number like four points higher than anything, five points higher than anything else she runs, even in her best efforts, like in the Breeders' Cup Turf where she ran third behind Rebels Romance and Stone Age, she got a one oh one. And then in winning this turf classic by four and a half lengths, she basically ran an identical number to what she did last year in that race when she won by two and three quarters. So I'm wondering if she just really, really likes that turf course because it's kind of she. I think she really likes Saratoga. She really likes Keeneland, and she really likes that Aqueduct course. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, um, I mean, you know, again, this 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 turf course is going to be it's going to play a little different. Yeah, because like when because at Del Mar, you know, when she went to the Philly and Mare turf last year, when it was a mile and three eighths, which is even more confusing for me. You know, she she closed from from 12th and she briefly hit the lead and then she gets run down by Love's Only You, who was the Japan horse. And uh, I think it's my sister, Nat. And, um, you know, so this is this is def- this is going to ride a little different. It's going to be different. You know, that frustration was on a yielding yielding course. I guess we're going to find out. But, you know, Europe brought their heavy hitters like Mustadoff is here who was the Judd Mine International winner. He's the Prince of Wales stakes winner. Both those are massively important group one races in on the on the British calendar. You know, he he he's taken his shot at the Arc de Triomphe. You know, the, his connections have been pretty high on this horse for a long time. And Shadwell has a very, you know, and I'm, I think this is his last year. I think Shadwell announced that he's retiring. I don't, don't quote me on that. I don't 100% remember. Um, but this might be his last season. So the fact that they're bringing him here as a last hurrah, potentially, it, you know, says a lot, especially considering he really has nothing else left to prove. You know, he's he's won 10 times in his career out of 16 efforts, which is always very impressive. Um, you know, Broom is here with, you know, he's he's always a lot of fun. He always kind of shows up and, and he shows up on weird days, but he shows up. And then when he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to. Broom just kind of does whatever he wants sometimes. You know, but August, uh, August Rodin is here. He's a deep impact, one of the rare um, European bred deep impacts. Um, but he kind of had his renaissance in the in the Irish Champion Stakes. Um, you know, he was the horse that a lot of people thought would would finally, you know, be the the English Triple Crown winner. Um, you know, they have I have a lot of respect for August Rodin. I, I respect what they're trying to do with him. Um, you know, he, he's, he's run on every kind of field. Like, you know, they've, they've brought some intensely, intensely talented horses. So, you know, the fact that even Bolshoi Ballet is back and he, you know, he kind of pulled what you said that they do, that they go off on the lead, they get comfortable and they forget to come back. And that's essentially what he did in the, um, the sword dancer at Saratoga. So this is. And, and, and Bolshoi Ballet is actually, that's my pick. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I know I, I, I just, um. Go out and forget to come back. <laughs> he's, just, he's, just, he's just running really, really well, right? And um, just, I, you know, I just, I just think that 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 he's got a really, really good shot to 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 do this. So, and it's funny that they gave him, an, you know, uh, his, his. If you look at the time for him, U.S. pace is early sixty-eight, late one hundred. But uh, yeah, he's he's not afraid to be up there mixing it up early. So um, yeah. at, at fifteen to one. Uh, I'm gonna take a I'm gonna take a shot because they can't all be chalk and and he's yeah. he's the one I'm gonna play to try to make a little bit of money. Yep. Uh, again, Aiden O'Brien and uh, and Agnier and Tabor. So uh, you know, um, but uh, I would not be sad. As much as it pains me to say it, I would not be sad to see Warlike Goddess uh, go out finally beating the boys and getting her Breeders' Cup. Yeah. Uh, when uh, on the way out, so. Yep. I just don't know that. Uh, I just don't know that she's My, as good as she is. Yeah. I just don't know if she's that good. You know? Yeah. Well, and I mean, what if we want to argue that? Like, what has she faced in America that compares to what's coming in from Europe? Like King of, exactly. you know, like King of Steel. Even the, the um, 
the three-year-old. Is he? Is it the three-year-old? Where is he? King of Steel, where are you? There he is. Yeah. Yeah, he's... Wooten Bassett! Bassett. <laughs> you know, my love... You know, we just discussed my great love for Wooten Bassett. But, like, even the three-year-old, like, you know, he has faced ridiculously good horses. Like, Via Sistina, he's beaten her. He's looked, you know, August Radon in the eye on a couple of occasions. And, and you know, he's back in here. Like, I don't I don't know that we're like Goddess has faced anything here that even compares to what King of Steel has faced. No. Forget something... Like Broom or or you know uh, Mostahov, where he's or yeah Mostadov, where he's you yeah, know Mostadov is, is is really really yeah. impressive. I just I'm, I'm trying horses. to find better than five to two. That's, that's oh, I I believe you. I'm just looking I'm just looking at it from the practical <laughs> yeah. sense of someone who has no oh, intention yeah. of wagering. <laughs> right. And all my all all, the, all of my picks are for entertainment purposes only. Yeah, here I'm he's it. Offering, I am not offering betting advice for yeah. anyone. Yeah. Don't yeah Which, don't don't take my advice because I always get my ass handed to me on Breeders Cup Day. Yeah, don't don't add us later. Like we're just talking about it. So and then what used to be the the card cap is now running at six forty because it's on prime time. It is the Breeders uh, Cup yeah, Classic. Yeah, all about the television. It is the Breeders Cup Classic, yeah. race night. Yeah, and and this one took a huge hit today, and quite frankly, it just. It sucked the wind out of this race for me. Yeah, um, Arcangelo retired. Uh, just a uh, nagging, nagging foot issue, a hook shoe. You know, they pulled the shoe, and it, you know, it's got some, just a tender foot, and it's got some heat in it still. And he hasn't been training, so he hadn't trained, I guess, since Saturday. And um, um, Jenna Antonucci just said, "You know what? We we got a scratch. It's the right thing to do by the horse." And then the owner shortly thereafter said that uh, that, that he would be retiring and going to Lane's Inn. So yeah. it it, it kind of took the took the air out of this one for me. Um, I wanted to see him one last time and then take a shot and see if he's as good as as he's as we think he is. Uh, yeah. And quite frankly, I think maybe maybe he, he I think he was, and I think it's unfortunate that we're not going to get to see him. Yeah. Uh, go out to, uh, on Saturday, but. Yep. Well, let's talk about what we got. Yeah. Well, you know me. I'm not fixing what isn't broken either, so I'm going with Japan. I'm on Ushba Tessero. Like, he's on a six-race win streak. He just shows up in the best places in the world. You know, he won he's the Dubai World Cup winner. He won the Kawasaki Kinen. He, you know, he recently just did a tour de force in Funabashi, which is in Japan. You know, he he just shows up and he loves his job and he loves winning and in, you know, and, and the last time he wasn't like on the board was like February of 2022. Just he's in the best form he's ever been in. He's you know by um, Orfair, which is their uh, which is the Japanese Triple Crown winner, if I believe I remember correctly. Um, and from you know he's he had some weird moments where he kind of sort of went bananas in the starting gate because from what I heard, uh, Japanese starting gates are higher. Uh, size-wise than, than the American starting gates are. So something about it, uh, from what the, their representative had said, something about it freaked him out a little bit. And I can actually probably scroll down and just tell you what the quote was. Yeah, so he had a routine warm-up, cantered around the track, and then when he went out to the gates, he kicked out multiple times and was irritable with the gate crew, so I suspect he tried to bite a few people. And um, according to the Japanese representative for the Breeders' Cup, 
uh, Kate Hunter, she said that the gate is set lower than in Japan, and he's such a big horse that the doors brushed against his hawks in an awkward manner, which caused him to kick out. The vet checked him over. There's no issues, but they're going to school him again on Wednesday. Um, and for horses with similar issues, Santa Anita provides a green mat that they'll tie to the inside of the starting gate so that, mm -hmm. you know, they don't have that that weird sensation where something keeps touching him on his legs and he doesn't know what it is. And basically it hugs the hind end and it makes it easier for him to leave the gate. So that's something that they said that they're going to do for him. Um, and and ultimately I would pull out all the stops too, you know, seven, seventh race in a row potentially for him. And he just seems to go out and, and show up when, you know, kind of like big money, big money, Mike, Mike Smith. This is, you know, big time race, Ushba Tesoro. Like this is what he does. And he's won almost $10 million at this point. Seven, almost eight million of that this year alone. And, um, you know, you don't, I'm just, I don't plan on fixing what, what isn't broken here. So. Yeah, that, that, that's where I landed too. I think I just really, really impressed by, by him and, and what I've seen out of him. And I mean, like, yeah, I think you can't say it any better than if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Uh, you know, White Barrio's got the best speed figures in here of the, uh, the North American horses at least. Yep. But you know, I, I just, I just, other than Cody's wish in the Whitney, I, I don't really know what he's beaten that that excites me. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah, he's beaten some decent horses, but are they, are they these horses? Yeah, no, and, and yeah, no. he beat Cody's wish, but uh, I'm sorry, a mile and an eighth. But that was Cody's not, wish out of his element. Yeah, it's not Cody Wish's jam, you know. That's yeah. not what he wants to do. So that that didn't surprise me uh, that that he did that. And and I just I'm just not convinced that um, yeah that that White Barrio is is as good as these other horses. Uh, you know, maybe he proves me wrong, and and more power to him if if they do. Yeah. I, I think um, you know I, I'm sure Patty. I'm sure you and I have talked about it before. I know Mark and I've talked about it for years. Uh, you know, buyer figures tend to to be inflated yep. at big tracks on big yep. race days. Yep. And so, you know, is that really a 110 or is that closer to a 98? Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, so th that's that's kind of where I am on on him. Well, and um, Zandon, you know, Zandon has the perennial case of bridesmaid syndrome. Like he's been. Third, he's been second three times this year out of his four starts, you know, and it's impressive. Don't get me wrong, but you know, it kind of seems to me like, you know, Cody's wish and his element beat Zandon by three and a quarter. And, you know, Zandon with a Cody's wish that's wholly out of his element beat him by barely three and three quarters or something like that. So, you know, this is, I don't know how well that speaks for White Barrio here either. Yeah, I, I just i just think Zandon's a, a notch below. Now, again, I'm going to go back to uh, something we talked about on the Friday card. Uh, I, I think you're going to have to give Arabian Knight, even though he's just three and he's very lightly raced. Mm -hmm. uh, you're looking at Bob Baffert at Santa Anita, where Bob Baffert's going to get to do whatever he wants. Um, you know, um I think he's he's uh he's got to be a, a pretty serious contender. Well, and he's I have great respect for um you know Uncle Mo's and 
Uncle Mo, especially as impressed, I mean, I don't know if anybody, hit, when they do stallion tours, if you ever get a chance to go out and see Uncle Mo, please go do it. Because Uncle Mo looks like you could slap a saddle onto him and take him over to Keeneland and he would race. Uncle Mo keeps his condition remarkably well. One is made special easy. He won the Southwest pretty easily. Um, he ran third in the in the Haskell after some time off, and then came back and, and won the Pacific uh, Classic. Uh, you know, again, I I, I don't I, I think he's going to be up against it because mm -hmm. he's just three and he's lightly raced. Um, and and you know, if he was running against other three year olds, I would probably put him. Uh, at the top of, yeah. of this list, but I think going against some of these salty older horses, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be tough for him. Uh, yeah. But uh, well, but I'm sure not going to be surprised if he wins. Yeah, I, I feel like a lot of people at this point probably won't. They're they're not. They're just not going to be. They're not going to be very surprised. It, it is what it is. Whatever your feelings are on that, um, you know, it, it's something you have to take into consideration. He is a talented horse. He's been working lights out. He's been breathing fire. You know, he has every every right to improve. And he's coming in off of, you know, his his best effort thus far at this point. So, you know, he has every right to improve. And, mm -hmm. the, and it's probably going to be the case. A lot of a lot of Baffert horses do take a pretty big step forward, um, you know, tor towards the end of their seasons. So Yeah, and especially once they get, you know, they get three or four or five races into their careers. I mean, yeah. they, they can really, really take off. So, yeah. Let's move on to the turf sprint. Yep, race ten, seven twenty-five. Don't you kind of wish this was the downhill turf? Yeah, I wish it was the downhill. But turf I mean, I get it because most most of the you know that would be the only time that the vast majority of these turf sprinters ever did that. Yep, that's just such a cool race. I love I the six and a half on uh, downhill turf. Yeah, uh, but it's anyway, this one we got five furlongs on the turf, mm -hmm. and um, man, it's another tough race to for me to. To handicap, you know, they've been winning at five and a half and six furlongs, and most of them that have been winning, they've been they've been winning from the stalking and closing mm -hmm. uh, position. So, are, are they going to have? Are they are, are these horses going to be able to close into five furlongs? Yeah, you know, that, is that extra half furlong going to be a little tougher for them to close into? Um, I, I don't know. So, I'm, I'm having trouble getting a read on the best five furlong speed. Mm -hmm. But I am going with Nobles. Yep. Be um, careful how you I pronounce that because I, we might get going, in I trouble. Say, I was assume, I assume that's how you say it, even though it's not spelled correctly. Yes, listeners, um, he is a gelding. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, no balls. Uh, N-O-B-A-L-S. Um, you know, I think he, he's he's the one horse. He's been winning on the lead in this and again you know it, it's the others have been coming from off the pace or just off the pace and here and, and again those at five and a half and six furlongs and now we're cutting back to five and, and he's the one i see that that's got five furlong speed mm -hmm. and and can get out there in 21 and change and 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 close it out and close it out even going five and a half Yep. So that that's that's why I landed on on, on him, and then uh, Motorious as well uh, was uh, who I was looking at. Great Britain horse, 
though he's been racing in the States here uh, for the last uh, year or so, year and a half, I guess now. Um, but but also, you know, he's got five furlong speed uh, and, and he can and he can sit off the pace or close into five five furlongs. Yep. So uh, that that's where I came up. Uh, those are the two I landed on, and and Nobles and and Motorious have, uh, you know, they've battled each other before, and they tend to be pretty competitive. Yeah, well, and it's you know, Nobles really just enjoys a good dogfight, and he will he will he will get into it in the lane, and he will lay it down, and mm-hmm. you know, you can never discredit a horse that thrives on on the competition, on right. on you know the, the the good kind of photo finishes. You know, gives the rest of us a heart attack, but as long as they're happy, you know, good power to them. Um, so do you have any European insight here for us? Um, I do have I do have some Japanese insight. Uh, Jasper okay. Crone, for me, has been a very interesting horse this year because he, he's been running very, very consistently. Whereas, like, 2022, they kind of... This was the horse I think they brought over because they wanted... They hoped to get in off the also eligibles for the Breeders' Cup, and they just didn't make it. Um, whereas this year he's been running and winning consistently. He's basically had a form, form turnaround and, you know, he's been running and winning consistently. I kind of wonder in, you know, and he, he's a sprinter through and through he's been on, he's one on the soft, he's one on the yielding, he's one on the firm. He, you know, running, winning, this is what he does. Right. And you know, he's a very interesting horse to me because he seems to have this win-win, kind of a funky kind of race, and then win-win, funky race. Well, his funky race was last out in the, you know, grade one, or group one, we should say, because it is a group in Japan, the group one sprinter stakes. So he's already kind of gotten his funky race out of the way for his pattern. And, you know, he's, I think he's sitting well, and I think he's sitting on a big, big effort here because he, from what it seems to me, he thrives on being able to, to travel and he kind of just takes his race with him. And I think for him, this is just going to be another situation where his race comes with him. And, you know, he's a son of Frosted and Frosted was brilliant. And, you know, he had, he had speed galore. He's out of a kitten's joy mare. He's a Kentucky bred, you know, even though he's campaigned in Japan, um, but he's definitely one of those horses where he, um, on his on his best day, if he fires, they're going to be hard-pressed to beat him. Because these Japanese horses, you know, now that they've kind of figured out a formula to kind of get them where they want to be, they're hard you know, you're going to be hard-pressed. And you've got pl- oh, they, they, come, they come over here with a purpose. There's no doubt Oh, yeah. About um, Absolutely. They all come over here prepped and ready to, to throw in their best yeah. possible performance. So. Yeah. And Aesop's Fables kind of is interest is interesting from the standpoint of it's it's a three year old. Um, I think my struggle here though is that he has not come close to winning. Really, even when he finishes second this year, it was by six lengths. Like he has not come close to winning at all this year. Like he would have to have a remarkable turnaround in form. And Aiden O'Brien, I hold him in high regard. I have great respect for him, but, you know, he is not a miracle worker. So unless, and, you know, this is another one where he's never done anything other than than straightaways. Um, and this is a situation where in these kinds of races, if you don't pop out and go quick and run hard, like, 
you're going to be hard pressed to catch it, especially against horses of this quality, you know, where you've got, you have some salty, salty runners in here. And I just don't, I don't think that's something he's going to be able to do. But I, I will be interested also for, you know, roses for Deborah. I would love to see the, uh, the Pennsylvania bread upset everybody. I would not, you know, cry any, any upset tears here if she, you know, pops up and, and, and wins. You know, and, and it's interesting that she took on the males last out um, in the Turf Monster at Parks, and then was all very yielding course, too. And But before that, she was on a four-race win streak, and she's just having the time of her life, and she just, you know, she seems like she can win on, on the synthetic, she can win on the uh, the Turf course, and she's just been feeling great. And, you know, she's, she's the caress winner uh, up at Saratoga, and that was another pretty loaded race, too, because Wakanaka is a talented little lady in her own right and you know so roses for deborah is is a very interesting horse and he i mean and here's the thing too you know it's a tough race and you know it's salty when twilight gleaming who was second in the queen mary as a juvenile and has basic and you know has been apparently thought well enough for for her connections to keep you know taking her to to, to Europe and she's the juvenile turf sprint winner and she's an also eligible. <laughs> yep. You know, like it is tough when the juvenile turf sprint winner from two years ago is the also eligible. <laughs> and it's not even, and she's not even like first also eligible. She's number 16. Well, so. and, uh, you know, and I don't know if that was just random or if that's if yeah. that was based on. Um, I think it's by order of preference. So, uh, but anyway, yeah, that, that's, that's yeah. tough. And um, I, I was kind of interested in uh, a little bit of the, the older lady on the card, uh, Caravel. Yeah. That's a, that's a really cool story for her too, to, to turn it around. And it's, it's interesting because she's always been good, you know, like she's always been good. Like even as a, as a, was it three, three years ago? Yeah. So even as a, as a, as a three-year-old, I don't think she ran as a juvenile. Three years ago, yeah, she would have been three. So, you know, even when she got her, let's say when she got her career started, you know, she's she's winning these turf races. You know, she closed, which is interesting now to, you know, knowing her running style now, it's interesting that she closed in her debut from 10th and won doing five furlongs by one and a quarter. So she was rolling fast to, to do that. And 28 to one, too. That's the highest price I think she's ever been at that point in her life. <laughs> nope. I'm sorry. She was forty-two to one when she won the Breeders' Cup Turf Sprint last year. <laughs> there you go. So yeah. So I mean, I, I think um, yeah. I mean, you, you can't discount her. Um, no. She's she's going to get out there. She's going to go fast, and it's just a matter of whether or not she's she's fast enough now at age six. Yeah. Uh, but you certainly can't discount her at all. Well, it's it's kind of like the uh, it's the saying nothing nothing succeeds like success. So that's right. But yeah, and then you know, living the dream ships in. I think he's the win and you're in winner. Um, and he he shipped in and he did his his tilt in the Woodford, where that was kind of I think they always intended that to be his prep for this. Um, I read somewhere once that they kind of intended to for 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 him to have at least one prep when when he's here. So that was, the Woodford was probably going to always be his prep race for this. So, you know, it wouldn't surprise me to see Live in the Dream Fire really, really well uh, as well, because the, the Nunthorpe is hard to win. And, uh, say, there, there's just a tough, deep race. 
bottom line. Well, I'm. I think. I think the Breeders' Cup this year, more than anything, also kind of represents what the founders wanted it to be, where it's supposed to be hard. Like, the, you know, the best in the world are supposed to show up. They're so. You, you know, you're supposed to look at these races and be like, you know, multiple graded winner, group winner from Europe, multiple group winner from Japan, multiple group winner from from uh, Argentina. You know, multiple. Like, you're supposed to see this. That's what the Breeders' Cup was intended to be. Yeah, so, that's right. You, you, know. you want you want five different horses in the race to be able to win it. Yeah. Well, that, and yeah, and, and you want to have the discussion we're having now, where you look at this race and you're like, "Holy crap! Who do I choose? I can't just press all for every race because it's tough." Right, right. So let's go to the well, caps. Let's, let's close it out. Yep, with the Breeders', Breeders Cup, Cup sprint. sprint on the main track. Eight o'clock. What you got? <sighs> I am. I'm gonna go with the good doctor. Dr. Scheibel. Okay. Um, All right. He, for me, is a very interesting horse, but he is a gutsy horse. And that race he had with Speedboat Beach, which is the Baffert horse that's um, that's in here as well. And, you know, Speedboat Beach in his own right also is extremely impressive because the last time he saw a, a racetrack, it was on the turf course in Del Mar in 22. <laughs> and then they flopped him onto the main track at Santa Anita in a group two for his first return, and he came within ahead of winning. So come on, we're back in the states. Grade two, grade two. Sorry, <laughs> um, but I am on. I I really like the good doctor. I think you know for his season cap before he goes off to to stud at TaylorMade. I think this is going to be kind of his year. Finally, you know he's been he faced Cody's wish in the Metropolitan, and as we talked about in. Great detail. Cody's wish is a monster. The chosen Vron on here is going to be tough. I think if I had to stretch myself out to two, I would probably do Dr. Scheibel and the chosen Vron. Because, I mean, this horse is on what? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and eight race win streak. <laughs> so he hasn't yep. he hasn't lost since September 17th of 22. He has not lost since then. So Yeah, I, I mean... You got you're coming in on on that kind of streak, and you're five to one. Yep. And he's won on dirt. He's won on turf. Mm -hmm. uh, he if he can go fast, uh, you know, he he's he's just gonna go. Yeah. I, I like the chosen brawn, but I'm gonna go to the outside. Lily Power. We haven't we haven't not, we haven't talked to we haven't talked about Steve Asmussen a single time. Oh. Today. And I'm going <laughs> to go with Gunite. Okay. And uh, Winchell Thoroughbreds, uh, a gun runner, um, did not win last out in the park's dirt mile, but he's going to shorten back up. Mm -hmm. I think he's better yeah. going the sprint than than, the, than he is going a mile. And I just, I, I like, I like him in this spot. Um, yep. I, I think He's going to be, I think he's going to be really tough to beat. Um, you know, he, he, again, he, he went, he ran second going a mile and it was sloppy. Yeah. Uh, and the last time he ran, then he wins the forego uh, rather, you know, rather easily wins the Aristides uh, at Churchill. Uh, again, he was second uh, in the, in the slop, just beating the head. In the uh, Vanderbilt. Power uh, in the Vanderbilt. Yep. And I, I just feel like, um, uh, you know, I, I just I feel like they're they're going to catch him on on a, on, a, on his day on Saturday. Yeah, 
Well, and it, it's interesting, too, that, like, everybody kind of... No, everybody. The two people in this in this call. <laughs> but um, it's interesting to me that elite power kind of for us has is... is you know, no, and when I say this, nobody would be surprised to see Elite Power win this. Absolutely nobody. In the morning line, he's nine to five. So and I don't that's even. That's why I'm off of it. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't even. Even even the odds maker does not expect him to be <laughs> anything less than the favorite here. But um, Elite Power for me, for what California Speed is, if this had, if the if if the Breeders' Cup had been at like. It, you know, anywhere in New York, in Keeneland, literally anywhere on the East Coast, at Churchill, like, I would be more comfortable choosing Elite Power because those tracks, to some extent, even if there is a speed horse, it does still allow you to close. Whereas with California Speed, it is so conducive to speed, it's hard to reel them back in. There's a reason most of the, if you go back and read race lines, there's a reason most of these California race lines are like your first, second, or third. And and that's how a lot of these lines go. You know, you have, it has to be a really off day in California for, for it to not favor speed. So <clears throat> my concern is like when there's a horse like, you know, the Chosen Vron, who can be on or near the lead or can close into the paces, and there's a horse like, you know, uh, what's his, where is he? Where is he? Where is he? Yeah, Dr. Scheibel, who is pretty, he can be pretty close to the lead. He's very flexible. Even, you know, even somebody like, um, like Nakatomi from the rail, where when he gets rolling on his good days, you know, when he wins, you know, he's, he's laying fourth and fifth when he wins. He's laying third. So it's like, you know, horses that have a little bit more flexibility, and, and you can even see it on the odds for, with the odds maker too, horses that have a little bit more flexibility tend to, to do that well. That being said, you know, Elite Power has one, you know, stalking the pace. He did that in the Vosburg, and then he pounced uh, last year, and then he pounced and rolled off by five and three quarters. But like, that's, you know, that hasn't been his style this year. And that kind of, for me at least, is is a little bit kind of the concerning thing here. And, I mean, it seems to be a one-off shoot, too. Because aside from his second career race, where he, you know, where he was on the lead trying to break his maiden in 2021, he's never really been close. He's always been ninth, sixth, early, seventh, early. Like, my concern is they're just going to get too far away from him. And, you know, he can be closing fast, but if you're running out of real estate, you know, you can only do so much. And the wire comes well, where it comes. Yeah, I, I definitely think you're, you're going to see, I think, Speedboat, Beach, and Gunite are going to be the two. Definitely. That are going to be winging on the front end. So, yeah. Um, and, and, and for me, I think Gunite probably with... The experience uh, of being a year older, I think yep. that just is going to, you know, 20 races under his belt versus yeah. five. I just think Gunite probably gets the edge for me. Yeah. Um, so that that's kind of where I where I came down on it. Well, and I, I think for me, at least with Gunite, my concern is if he does get softened up even a little bit, there is no room for for 
you know, to uh, for, for oh, for weary legs. Yeah, <laughs> not in this race. Not in this race. You know, not when you have the chosen. You know, horses like the chosen brawn breathing down your neck, and Doctor Shivel, who loves it, who loves a fight. He loves a fight. So you know, there there's no weary legs here. And if that starts to happen with Gunite, my only concern is he's going to be backing up faster than he is moving forward. And that, you know, the horses who have kind of stuck a little closer to him than maybe what Elite Power will be doing will get first crack at him and will probably have enough left to hold off the freight trains a la Elite Power, you know, three technique, uh, American theorem, stuff that comes out of the clouds. So that's, and I suspect that's probably what's going to happen because we're definitely going to see speed here. With Speedbow Beach in here and, and you know, it's gonna happen that's that's how bob baffert horses that's their best running style is go to the front and then re-break so that was fun i know and it was a marathon (laughs) oh my goodness but i mean it's gonna be a good day it's gonna be a long day but it's gonna be a really good day um i mean even even the 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 horses on the um the undercard in the thoroughbred aftercare alliance and the the twilight derby they have, have some good go horses. To, we'd have to go to a part three if we talk about it. No, 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 we're not. We're not. But I'm just saying that <laughs> it, it's just it's just going to be a day that's going to be really, really cool. It's going to be two great days of race. Yeah. For sure. Like, there's, I mean, even on those two undercards, there are, like, literally horses who came in from Europe, who shipped in from Europe that are in these races. So, you know, it, it, it's going to be a great day. If you can watch it, please do. Um, but that's that's going to be it for us. We had a marathon session today, but it was it was a lot of fun. We had we talked about just about everything. We hashed everything out. I, I will not be held responsible if you play my picks again. Entertainment <laughs> purposes only. I always get my head dented on Breeders' Cup Day, so um, if you play my horses, do so you do so at your own risk. Don't don't sweat it, Jared. I'll stick the disclaimer in there before we <laughs> before we post these. All right. Well, Patty, thank you so much. Uh, you got a lot of, you got a long, uh, long evening of processing and, mm-hmm. and getting these two episodes ready to go. And appreciate uh, all your insight, especially on the European and the Japanese horses. You know, I personally don't know anybody that that follows it like you do. And it was it was great to to get some insight. Uh, I'm sure that uh, you know, I don't I don't know that any of our partners. Uh, I'm sure they. There, if there are any, there, if there are some, there's not many uh, that, that follow European racing like you do, as it's part of your uh, your other your other job and responsibility day in day out is European racing. So, uh, you know, I certainly value the insight that you provided, and and I expect that our our, our, our listeners will as well. And um, you know, I wish I want to wish you the best of luck if you do happen to to place a wager or two yep. or if you're just watching for fandom and uh, for all of you guys listening out there, best of luck. Uh, best of luck to Paul Calia, one of our partners who is in the big breeders cup uh, handicapping tournament. Oh, yeah, that's this right. Weekend. Good luck. Good luck uh, to him. The, the, the reigning national handicap uh, champion and Very nice. uh, best, best of luck to him and to anybody else that's playing. And thank you so much for joining us. Patty, take us home. Absolutely. And, you know, good luck to everybody on, on your, your picks and your, your wagering and, you know, good fortunes on this Breeders' Cup Friday and Saturday. And 
As I always tell everybody, thank you so much for listening. We greatly appreciate that everybody keeps coming back. We were super happy to meet a lot of you at, the, at our open house who came up to us and said, I have listened to every episode. Oh, I, I love I love your determination. We love consistency, but, you know, the, we can't thank you guys enough for, for the enthusiasm and for really enjoying these. We love coming out here and, you know, shooting the breeze and potentially getting canceled. Um, but it's a lot of fun for us, so we're glad you guys are also enjoying it. Make sure that you're following us on our social medias. We're under Pocket Aces Racing. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter or X, but we don't call that in this house. It's Twitter. Uh, we're also on YouTube, also under Pocket Aces Racing. Uh, we've got our first short up. We're going to start tinkering a little bit more with some of our videos on there. Make sure that you hit the bell so you get that notification when those videos go live. Um, and as I, as I remind everybody, go ahead. And, it's a, and don't forget to uh, rate us. Give us a rating on, on, the, on the podcast. Uh, yep. Ratings yes. help, help drive followers and listeners. So please yep. give us a rating. Give us a review. Uh, we would love to, to see that feedback. Yep, absolutely. You can do that on Apple Podcasts. You can do it on Spotify. Uh, if you go to our Cast Toss homepage, which we have linked on all of our social medias as well, we have several different... Um, places you can click on that'll automatically get you subscribed on whatever you know phone or program that you want to use um so you don't have to just always be stuck listening to us through here but you know thank you so much have a happy wednesday have a good wednesday have a happy readers cup weekend and uh you know make good choices podcast is out <laughs>